What's going on, everybody? What's up? What's up? Episode three. Episode three already. Yeah. We're going to call this one Flip the Script. Flip the Script. All right. So today we have me, Philippe, and we also have Jamie co-hosting over here today. So what's up, people? You want to start up, Jamie? Yes. Uh, when Phil and I ended the last episode, we were trying to decide who the next guest would be. And in my mind, it had to be one person and that's felipe because he didn't really get to speak on the first two episodes because <laughs> i spoke bit. for 44 minutes in the first episode and dave did his thing last week so this week it's got to be phil and that's why we're calling it flip the script because he started it and now we're going to shine the spotlight on him so without further ado i give you mr felipe santos What's going on, everybody <laughs> uh thank you for having me <laughs> it's good so uh i just give a little background where i'm from uh i'm from uh, i was born in newark from harrison new jersey um my parents are uh, came from portugal so i'm uh first generation here only child and um you know grew up in the 80s pretty much and uh my parents you know like everybody else like came here for a better opportunity worked really hard um and then you know kind of just back then you would leave your kids at home it's not like now so they left me home and uh you know you just to your start own devices to my own devices right and back then there were no video games or nothing like that really or at least we couldn't <laughs> afford them it wasn't the 1600s nah, yeah, you know <laughs> um but um what was cool is like there was a park across the street from my house so i love to play basketball hockey and uh you know like ride my bike and ride my skateboard and um you know, it, it was cool. It's interesting because, like, I always wanted, like, siblings, right? Because I just wanted somebody to play with. So, obviously, like, as I went outside, I started hanging out with uh, older brothers, you know what I mean? Or people that I looked up to, the cool kids and everything. And, unfortunately, with that also came, like, the cool kids were usually doing fucked up shit. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was attracted to that because I saw the attention that they got, right? I saw that uh, they were getting the girls, right? They were, uh, some of them were making money. The way they talked, the way they carried themselves, the way they fought, their groups. And I was like, this is what I want. This is right? where I belong. And um, I didn't have too many other role models. And uh, I thought that was the right way, you know, to go about it. And um, look, my parents did the best they could, man. There's no, like, they did a phenomenal job. You know what I mean? It was just me. Uh, they put me in Catholic school, right? Thinking like, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna change me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I rebelled. I always got suspended and trouble, everything. And the same thing with high school. But I also always knew like when I was young, there was something missing, right? Like I always knew that I was different. And it's easy to say that, right? Everybody likes to say they're unique and different in their own head and we feel it. But I really feel like, like I could do anything I wanted Right. That's kind of like why I did anything I wanted back then. Right. And, and didn't care about the consequences, but I just didn't know how to attach it to something good. It was usually shit I knew or shit in the streets. Right. So um, I knew from an early age I was kind of like off in that sense. Can I ask you, did your parents punish you? Did you get grounded? Like what happened if you broke a window or got into a fight? What You know, if your pops came home after work, like my dad beat the shit out of me every day and I deserved every single one of those. <laughs> right. My dad would hit me uh, when I was younger. It was like the belt. My mom didn't hit me. She would tell my dad to hit me. Right. And were you I, afraid of him when you were a kid? Yeah. Like. Like he was my best friend, but like consequences wise, right? Like I was yeah. like, so he would beat me with the belt, right? 
Then uh, it became the belt buckle. I built the tolerance. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, then I knew how to keep the doors open. So when he would come, I'd go out the other door. We were in an apartment right. building. Um, and then like, you know, he would, it was, he had a compressor hose, right? He cut at work. He was a baker. He wow. cut at work and he brought, and he would whip me with Like that. a whip. Yeah. I have two questions actually, because as you're talking, I'm starting to think about my childhood and how we put two and two together as we get older and look back on our lives. And, you know, my first question is, do you think everybody says they deserved it? Cause I look back and I feel the same way. Like I was, I was just a straight punk. I had a big mouth, you know, yeah. and that shit got me in trouble everywhere I went. Yeah. And I got my ass beat for it constantly. Yeah. Like bare ass fucking over the knee when yeah. I was little. And then I when I was big, you know, or bigger, me and my dad almost fist fought in the street like yeah. several times once I started like defending yeah. myself, your own. <laughs> defending my honor. You yeah. know what I mean? Now I look back on it. It's like embarrassing that I was going to fight a 45 year old uh, fucking man in the street on it, Wayne Place and Nutley, you know, like. Listen, I, I've been in the same boat, right? Like, and I, and I like pushed my father, right? And like that I regret, right? But did I deserve it? I was horrible. I was bad. I'm not saying that to gloat. I'm not saying that to make me look badass or fucking cool. Right. I was just bad. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't restrain me. My family didn't want me over from a young age. I skated. I was like, that was my, that's why I went to skateboarding. Cause it was more like the outlaw. Fuck you shit. Sure right? it was. Um, in every town. I don't think everybody deserved it. Cause I had kids up the block that their parents were super strict beat the shit out of them and they were good kids and i was like damn that's fucked up was it a portuguese section mostly or yeah okay it, definitely portuguese uh like europeans portuguese spanish from spain all first generation immigrants a lot of irish working hard to put their kids in the right situation Everybody, yeah catholic school yeah a, a lot of irish over there uh, a lot of scots too harrison and carney was yeah, we like learned the, the fish and chips we learned the word respect in a different way right yeah, correct with the belt and, and and like uh, our parents, for the most part, like would work hard. A lot of bars in town. My dad was was a bar guy. You know what I mean? Uh, played a lot of cards. Didn't gamble. He would right. He didn't gamble money. He gambled for drinks. Okay, that was his cop out. You okay, know what I mean? and he was good at it. So he was okay. always drunk. Um, <laughs> but you know it was crazy. Like my dad would also beat the shit out of me, and then the next day would feel bad and buy me something. Interesting. That didn't help. No, because I learned that. I was like, I wanted the skateboard right yeah boom beat the shit out of me maybe a couple of days or whatever and then he'd be like all right here's fit back that's 50 dollars for a deck so you would take city. it and use that against him i would take advantage of the situation i don't think i would like look to get my ass beat but once i did i'm like all right i know how to well, you this learned, fucking thing yeah. you know he trained me and then you associated that with love correct that was going to be the second part of my question is that did you feel actually loved? I know it sounds fucked up, but in my mind, when I was punished, I was loved because I got attention. Of course. And no matter what, it was showing me, you know, how to kind of be. And I fell into that. My 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 parents, so my parents came here, like literally nothing, a little community, like a, a village, right? Came here. My dad's sister was here. So she was married to her husband, my uncle. They came in the, their family came in the 20s. So they had a lot of time here. He started, um... A port the first Portuguese bank, a credit union in Newark, right? Because wow. back then, um, you know, Jews, Italians, whatever, you would buy with your own money. So right. the Portuguese were kind of doing that, kind of having hard times in terms of banks. So they, like Polish, like anybody else, they opened right. up, he opened up his own bank. Wow. So 
obviously my dad was his brother-in-law so he got some uh access to like like he helped them so they bought a building together in okay. Harrison. that's how we ended up in harrison it had two stores that's why they bought it it had an electronics store because this is before best buy or the whiz got it you would buy locally and a cafe or radio shack or radio shack <laughs> right so um that's how they got to that right and so i said because like i remember eventually it became just my dad's building and uh my dad would collect the rents right it was a, a, a 10 unit apartment building and uh, i stole the money i would steal it all the time wow like little bits so he wouldn't see sure. it but i stole like a bunch right and was it every day was it on fridays was it the first of the month like, like first, people would leave it there and i just look at it like you know it's fucking was it 20 bucks was it 40 bucks it, was it it was like first it was little look i remember when i moved to harrison i think i was in i was four years old or five years old and the first time i remember getting in trouble i stole a hot wheels car in kindergarten and my dad had to come in from work to address it and then he beat the shit out of me and i remember it was the first time stealing and i, I forgot to say like i was a klepto when I, I was always stealing like a fucking ninja i loved it oh like, me I got, too i got a high from it so oh. i stole that money right and i was getting to like my father never beat the shit of me like i stole his checkbook too i think that's what it was and i was writing checks all the time oh my god right because back then there like was Leonardo a lot DiCaprio, dude. i was writing checks and i was fucking i was in high school like freshman and or or no eighth grade and then go so my dad beat the shit out of me so fucking bad like he punched me oh my god right? does and he have hands like you bigger those are fucking no i got it from kid. him he's got his are like this that's like ridiculous. farmer hands and he uh he punched me and he gave me two black eyes what were you how were you 12 13 uh, yeah like 12 or th i think i was 12 right and uh what were you doing with the checks bro like, like that's some i was that's buying, some high level i would go to shit. sports stores right because i love sports right just buy dumb shit. baseball cards was big <laughs> so in the neighborhood they accepted checks no i learned how to cash it okay I went to the bank okay. you know what i mean or i wow. get somebody like i was already like you were hustling, dude. Yeah, but like, you know, like I knew it was wrong, but like I was addicted to it. And of then once course. I'm doing, I can't stop. Forget it. I'm like, might as well fucking till they say something. Yo, the stealing thing, when you when you just brought it up, I got like the chills and I just remember how high I would get from it. We used to push each other. Yeah. We would go in sporting goods stores, same thing every day. Monero's, Nutley Sports Center, yeah. like Dude, try and steal bats and baseball gloves. Crazy shit. Yeah. Put it down the leg of your pants. Yeah. See what you get away with. No, you know? it wasn't even the object. It was like, can you get away with That's it? That's it. I love the Bro, sunglasses stealing. was the easiest Getting thing to steal. Getting over on people was like a high. No right? doubt about it. My my best gig back then was sunglasses on the head. Yeah. If you're in the summer, nobody ever questioned anything, no. dude. Could be in fucking Lord and Taylor at the mall, bro. Yeah. Walk out with $200 Gucci sunglasses mm -hmm. on, you know? And back then, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. You know yeah. what I mean? I just knew, like, it's expensive. I got to take it. No, My boys it, are fucking it, it testing just, it. It was, it, was, uh, it was the hunt. It was the, the process, right? More than, like, because whatever you got at the end, the reason you keep on continuing it is not to get more objects. It's to, like, get away with it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I, like, that's where, I, and, and I remember, like, it, that was bad that summer, right? Having to the summer. They would, he would beat, I was going to Catholic school. He would beat the shit out of me. And I'm like, this is 91, right? 90, 91. And I was like, I'm going to tell the fucking teacher on my dad. And then I fucked up because it's Catholic school back then. And they were like, all right, we'll tell your dad. Like, I was like, you're going to call the cops child abuse. It was right. the beginning. They were like, yeah, nah. <laughs> he beat the shit out of me even more my, even my son that. says that now yeah it's funny i never hit any one of my kids 
and I can't even think to bring myself to that point. Yeah. But they're not at that age yet to yeah. do that slick shit yeah. where they have that mouth yeah. or they steal or drugs or drink. Thank God those are not the type of kids that I have because I don't know how I would handle the scenario. Oh, but my son, you know, he slick talks and he's like, I'm going to call child services. Yeah. I'm like, for what? Like, because I'm flinching. Yeah, you the whole, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a reason to call them. <laughs> I'll give you a reason to cry. Said. My dad's like, yeah, call them. I'm like, All right. And it was just like bad afterwards. You know what I mean? Look, so like I remember that was bad because it was so bad that he was like, cool. We're, I had family in Paris, right? So we're going to send you to Paris. And I'm like, this is fucking great. I'm going to Paris at 12 years old. Right? Wow. It's not like now where you have a phone and translate. They sent me there for the summer. But it was more like we can't deal with this kid here because they go to work. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So that was the first time I got shipped off, quote unquote. And it sounds very fucking... <laughs> luxurious going there you know what i mean in your mind it yeah did. and then my family kind of lived in the projects there you know what i mean and it was like arabs over there and i was like all right it's fucking interesting and uh i was a terror over there too my aunt was like yeah this kid's i would run away from them i was just i just couldn't be stopped right and um look i i, I was explaining that because to explain like a sense a little bit about like where i get this fucking non-stop like i can't like i'm always on you know what i mean right. and like i started to think like damn this shit sucks i can't turn it off i would always get up early in the morning be the first one of my friends out stay up late i just didn't want to like go to sleep i always wanted i always wanted to do something and then back then it was like difficult for me to get entertained or find something right so that's why i got into trouble and shit all the time fast forward i started skateboarding became a big part of my life lifestyle growing out my hair i'm in the city all the time brooklyn banks i love skating the scene um and obviously like a little like drugs and alcohol got into that right and so but but it's like good times right at least i told myself yeah that. so it's like a fucking movie i'm skating long hair rolling blunts 40s back then right you know, oe oh hey right? baby i'm like watching fucking snoop dogg and dr dre i'm like this is what i want right <laughs> i want the marlboro shirt remember that shit? you would yeah. collect the fucking yeah, upcs like i want, I want snoop dogg was the first cd i ever bought the yeah. doggy style and i was like this is this is the life i want and uh very quickly like then i got kicked out of uh, out of high school and then i had to go to public school once i went to public school well there's a glimmer there check this out so i went to public school in my town harrison after they kicked me out of private school and um i'm wearing like pot shirts and cypress hill and shit. and a couple teachers like actually cared and they put me listen you know when the teachers are like yeah he's highly intelligent but like right. i feel like they say that about all kids right like with me like i i I, anytime I took a test, like I was very good at it. Like, right. I didn't need to study. I just couldn't. School back then was boring for me because it was just like reading a lot, right? Like I needed to like participate, be engaged, be engaged. Once I got to public school, they were like, I don't know if they did it so I wouldn't get in trouble as much, but they put me in AP classes. So I had AP physics, advanced placement physics. Right. I had uh, AP French, right? Because I figured, let me learn this shit in case they sent me again. Uh, I had trigonometry right and i had ap history and like the physics class was so fucking cool it's like one of my favorite because they i can measure something falling here you know what i mean like right. mass velocity and i was like wow the engagement of it the the the, the history class was very engaging english we would go see we would go see uh le, le may in the city you know what i mean take the train and 
I was like, yo, this is, but it was like my last year of high school. I wish there was right. freshman year. Right. And I was like, I was fucking loving it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't getting in trouble as much. I, I, was, I was working at Bandy's women's <laughs> department store. I was driving by. I bought my first car. I had a little Volkswagen Cabriolet. And I was like, yo, this is fucking great. I love it. Once, uh, towards the end though, like, how are we on time? Towards the end, it was more like, it was fun, right? I was going to clubs in the city. I was fucking limelight, palladium, tunnel, like anything, right? Like, and um, there was a point there, I remember, I was doing a lot of acid too. Like, it was like the gradual. And then like Coke came into the play in my life. You know what I mean? And um, once that happened, it changed. Like, it was fun at first, but then it was just like, it was nonstop. And then next thing you know, I have a key to an apartment building at one one sixty second and Saint Nick, Oof. right? Uh, it was all the way up on the top floor, and I would go there with this kid, Pito, right, who was older than me, in and out of jail, prison all the time since he's eighteen, like hardcore. But he didn't fuck with me. He liked hanging out with me. And I was like, cool. It's almost like I have security. Right. We'd go there, heart like this as you're going in, right? Cops, everything. Once you get in the building, there's walkie-talkies. It's all like Dominicans run that shit, right? This is in the 90s. All right, they're cool. You go upstairs, you go into an apartment. There's a lady in the apartment just cooking, and you're like, it's like a movie. You're like, what the fuck? Like, she's minding her own business, but you have fucking dealers everywhere. There's a big metal desk. Do you remember those old office desks? Absolutely. And he opens one drawer, and it's Coke, and the other drawer is cook-up, right? And it's like a fucking key in each, and he just has a scale measures it, make sure you, you do it there. So you have to do it to prove that you, you know what I mean? Oh, that you're buying okay. it. Got so it. You do it, not not the, you do the Coke really quick. Right. Boom, how is it? Yeah, and it was like, it was like fucking $20 a gram back then, right? Oof. And uh, next thing you know, you're leaving, and now you just did some, it's that action, right? It's like, I'm in the car, I'm hiding, I'm fucking just geeked up, I'm like, you think helicopter, you know what I mean? Like everything's happening, <laughs> and, uh, not to get graphic, but I just remember that. And it was like, like, I didn't like it when I was in it, but after I'd be like, yeah, that was fucking fun. Right. And then next thing you know, you're doing this shit for years. You know what I mean? And, um, the fun turned into like a lifestyle, right. Uh, into a habit. And then, um, I wasn't uh, like, I didn't get too much trouble yet. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot of, a lot of speeding tickets and shit like that. Okay. And then uh, I remember one day, man, my buddy, I knew a couple of kids first. Like I knew a couple of people that were doing heroin, doing dope. And I was like, yeah, never. I'll do that shit. I would make fun of them. I, they would walk over the bridge. That was your cutoff. I was like fucking dope heads, fucking junkies. I would say that to them. Right. Crossing over the bridge from Harrison to Newark. And I was like, that was my, I never. Right. And when, you know what they say when you put like your, I nevers, they like fucking come true. Next, you know, I had a buddy of mine who was doing it he was sniffing it and i forgot how it was and he's like why don't you try it and i remember i fucking i did it like a little matchstick man he bought a bag went to the projects and um and i was like i didn't i wasn't phased by it you know what i mean but i was like cool let me do it the second time i did it which was like a week later or some shit right and now like the way I talk changed like i'm talking smoother softer you know what i mean i'm fucking grooving I'm like, yo, this is what's up. I have a, a confidence came over me. Wow. And um, 
it was weird because I was like, wow, I could talk to girls. I gotta fucking kick it. You know what I mean? All my, all my uh, insecurities. You know what I mean? Of who I was and everything. That all my problems. You just went away. But remember, the whole part I was saying before was like, I couldn't stay still. Right. Always running, skating, riding, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Action based. You know what I right. mean? All this shit. And now I was like, I like I remember saying like, this is what the fuck I was looking for finally hit and i was like wow i made it i know the answer now it was like that like i remember to this day man and um you know the same thing it was like the euphoria that hit right and then there was other things right it was like what's funny is like i didn't know it till it happened and they were like yo you get dope dick and i'm like what's that he's like you go fuck all night and you won't come wow and i was like get the fuck out of here you're romancing this shit i was like there's more i'm like this is fucking great there's more right and um and you can sniff you don't shoot it because like what i my impression is that guy walking over the bridge robbing everybody robbing houses and everything in and out of and shooting it up it wasn't sniffing it because i wouldn't do the other you set a mental boundary in your mind yeah of course you know what i mean or what i'm not as bad if i don't do x story of my life right at least i'm not the guy eating garbage out of a dumpster no doubt about it right i was always like i was always like i'll never be homeless because i'll just rob and go to jail you know what i mean like i I had you had the answers yeah i had these weird fucking lines um fast forward to like i was going to college man i was going to i wanted to be an architect right somehow and so you look a little like an architect yeah (laughs) it's all the ink and shit right the lines and so um i wanted to get into njit they had a phenomenal architectural program uh so my sats i fucking did really good i had like an 11 20 back then okay right and uh like i was smart i just my grades sucked because i just didn't want to do the work right understood so uh i couldn't get in so i did the community college tour right i went to bergen uh community college bergen county and then I think I did Hudson, I did Essex, I did Union, I did all four. Wow. Um, just like cause my parents kind of wanted me to go to. And uh, that's when it took a turn to like different. I remember I was in the architectural program in Union County College and I was, I was buying heroin every day in the morning just to feel good. I didn't know there was a physical withdrawal. I thought you just wanted more like Coke. I really didn't. Nobody explained that. They left that part out, right? right. So I went and I got beat in the morning in Newark, right? Before I went to school, went to school. And then like an hour or two later, yo, my fucking back's hurting. I'm like, you get all cramped up. And then I'm just like, I'm like this irritable, right? So now I go to the bathroom. I'm laying on the bathroom in the fucking, in the school there. Just like, what's going on? Now I'm throwing up. Now I'm like, I'm going through intense withdrawals. I've never felt this in my fucking life. I'm like, yo, I told the teacher, like, yo, I got to go. Got in my car. I drove home. In my head, I'm like, what can I take for this? And and then it's crazy, right? I was like, I heard heroin is a fucking painkiller. Like, maybe if I fucking try that. I had no money. I went to my dad's job, like, yo, give me $20 for whatever, right? And, uh, and I at remember, that point, they have no. They know I'm a fuck up, but not like that, right? right. It's like. So like, cause I hustled, I had jobs always, I valeted or worked. And so I went to go do it. I, I, I got the $20, I went to Newark. I went to the same place that, that I got fucking beat cause that's all I do, right? <laughs> you always go back. So I went and as soon as I do it, yo, when I tell you it was just like this, I was like, but at the same time in my head, I went, oh fuck. Like, I, like it clicked. I was like, oh, I fucked up. I fucked up, I fucked up, I fucked up. 
didn't know. There's like, remember, the internet's not big where you can research shit. Like, like I had it actually, but like, it's not like not like today. Like, how do you do fucking heroin withdrawals? Right. You know what I mean? Rehabs, no shit like that. I was like, I remember, like as I'm saying, it, I was like, fuck, I fucked up. It clicked at that moment. Yeah, I thought like I had the option always of wanting to do it. And right. I was like, nah, this is this is no a lifetime a commitment. And so, uh, you know, like I kept getting high, right? And um, I remember I was talking to my buddy one day and I was like, yo, I'm just like, how do I stop? And he goes, there wasn't too many fucking options back then, right? It was like a rehab. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening, right? Like, I just need to stop. And he's like, why don't you try some Xanax, right? Like, take the Xanax, you won't get sick. <laughs> I just laugh at Take the Xanax, you won't get <laughs> sick, right? And then you'll kick. And I was like, oh, this is fucking great. You know what I mean? Uh, and so led into the whole, like, years and years of just, like, always trying to find something, right? And then it was like, there was a methadone center. I'm like, cool, let me do methadone. Next thing you know, I was on methadone for fucking, like, 13 years. Wow. Like, as my backup always. Do you know what I mean? And so, and were then, you uh, doing heroin at that time when you were doing methadone? Yeah, of course. Okay, like, go to kick. So my uncle, the one who had the bank, right? They still have the bank, right? His brother died of a heroin overdose. And again, everybody hit shit back then. I had no idea. He died in like '94, so I had no idea. So once he it came out the bag that I was getting high and shit. Okay. Um, my parents found out, and they're like, "We got to do something." So he stepped in. And uh, he helped me out a lot. You know what I mean? Like, he was always like, I looked up at him like this nose in the air motherfucker thinks he's better than everybody. You know what I mean? And uh, he's the first one that, like, really helped me. He took me to, there used to be billboards everywhere. And it was rapid detox. It was all over Newark. And it was like, same day, in and out. You get rid of your fucking. I remember seeing those. It was a phone number. And it was in, it was by Cherry Hill or some shit. So it was a six-hour detox, they called it, right? So whatever, signed up. He brought me there on the phone. They're like, listen, how much heroin do you do? And I was doing like two, three bundles. I was sniffing. My tolerance went up. Two, three bundles a day. Right? Okay. A bundle is 10, 20, 30 bags. $10 each. Do the fucking math. Wow. Yeah, get, I was just stealing and hustling and whatever. Full-time job. Yeah, every day. So they were like, it's impossible. You would be dead. And I'm like, no, it's not impossible. Like, I, this is what I do. I'm good at whatever I do. Right. And this is what I do. Right. So it went, and I'm like, yo, just make sure I don't want to wake up. Remember, I was sick once, right? Make sure I don't want to wake up, like, all sick again. So they put you under, right, under anesthesia. They they detox you. They cut you open right here, a little like this in your stomach, and they put a naltrexone implant. State-of-the-art shit back then. Wow. Right? Because I was like... I didn't want to do the hard work. I wanted the easy way yeah. out. Um, so they put it in. I wake up. I have a diaper on because you withdraw, right? Yeah. You shit yourself and everything. And all of a sudden, the pain hit. And I was kicking, throwing shit. They had to strap me down. Now my poor uncle has to drive me back up. To Harrison, I'm kicking his door. You know, my mom's with me too. It's like they're all crying. They're like, "What the fuck?" Like, right. It was like you're possessed by a demon. It was like bro. And my parents are very Catholic. It was like I, the exorcist. They think you need an exorcism. Like, my mom would come in the house, like she would get holy water from back in Portugal, just that. <laughs> and I'd walk in, and she'd be like, "Here," and I'm like, "Yeah, what the fuck are you doing?" Like she thought <laughs> spraying you in the face yeah. with holy water. So, um, so now Naltrexone's kind of like Vivitrol, it's right? A, it's a blocker. Yeah. Right, it's an opiate blocker, right? Yes, and um, yes. So, uh, Suboxone was uh, it's it's there's Buprenex, 
naltrexone, suboxone now, right? Okay. All that stuff. It's kind of the same family, but okay. it was one of the first. Got it. And it had to be implanted back then. Wow. So you couldn't do it as uh, sublingual or, you know what I mean? Got it. And um, so I did that and I couldn't do heroin for 30 days, which was great. That's great. It's a good I, start. But I ended up smoking a lot of fucking crack, right? Okay. Like I substituted. Okay. And drinking. And, uh, you could feel the influence of crack, obviously. Of it course, it just okay. it just blocked opiates. Got it. That's it. The, the the one thing that I thought fucked me up. Remember, I thought it was a substance problem, not like a, a feeling, like a disease. You yeah. know what I mean? The the disease of addiction. So, um, you know, as I went through that shit, right? Um, like I knew the date that that would wear off. Like every good addict does, right? I knew the date, I knew the fucking time, uh, had a reservation. Cause like, I don't have a habit. I can only do one and I don't need to do as much now because I've been off it for 30 days. So, you know, the, the day of, or the next day, whatever I timed it, I went and I started all over again. Were you feeling it mentally leading up to that day where it would wear off or were you kind of feeling better during that time period? I mean, would you, I was smoking crack every day. Oh, that's right. I was doing whatever was around. Right? Got it. Like coke, crack, whatever. I got into that. Uh, just people, places, and things, right? Where'd you get the money from every day? I hustle, like, you know. No matter what. Like, you woke up. Remember earlier when I was, like, uh, the process of, like, getting over and shit? Like, it was, like, it was a high, too, right? So you figure out how to scam, how to do this. Every or, day. Or, or do jobs, right? Like, okay. I, I would work, too. There was some legit money in yeah, there also. <laughs> there was, you know what I mean? Uh, my parents, I'd hit up, like, right. anybody close to you, sell something, do a little chore, you know what I mean? Um, Whatever whatever it was, scrapping sometimes. Conniving right? stunts. Yeah. Whatever it took. I mean, whatever you put in front, I'll make it happen, right? And, um, you know, so, like, that continued on for years. You know what I mean? I was like... How old, uh, how old were you? So this time? is like around 98, 90, 98, 99. So I was what, 20 years old, 21. Okay. So, uh, but all of a sudden, like I started going to jail, started getting locked up. Right. And most of it was like possession. There was, uh, I used to steal cars and shit. So I would steal their systems. I would sell them to auto body shops or whoever. Right. Remember I needed to feed that fucking monster. So I started getting locked up a lot. Right. Um, I wasn't good at it like i wasn't slick so i'd get locked up because you were high most of the time <laughs> of course right or i was just super focused on getting it not thinking like right so i started getting hot i started uh getting locked up so it was like ss county union county bergen county again now was a tour of the jails as opposed to the yeah, community no more college and you know um did that for for a while rehab in there um you know and, and we get into the 2000s right and uh, from like 2000 to 2010 is a whole decade of getting high, right? There's some little spurts of, but if you look at the whole 99%, I was getting high, I was getting fucked up. Um, in 2005, uh, I went to Florida to try to do that thing, right? Well, same thing happened after a few months. The old uh, Florida tour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to take the fucking show on the road, right? You get to Florida and it's like, <laughs> you start learning that it doesn't matter wherever you go. You brought you with you. There you are. Right. And then I got locked up there too. Every day. Um, like here's the thing we're getting locked up growing up. I did think it was badass. Like the first time I got locked up and I came out, especially I got locked. My first one was getting locked up in Newark and green street. 
And then people talk about the Green Monster, but I went to the old fucking county jail, which was on Marcus Street, which was like 20 stories uh, or it was like 15, something like that. Right. Fucking animals in there. You had arrived and uh, had arrived, man. And I like, you know, and I, when I came out, people looked at me differently. Like, damn, this motherfucker went went in there. Or at least I think in my head that of they course. did. Of right? course, yes. So the notoriety from that, too, in my ego, didn't help. Um, you know, like, I always thought I was like a badass, man. And uh, did the Florida thing, got locked up there, dipped. And I was like, cool. Met a girl up here, right? A, a partner, meaning like a get-high partner. And uh, she had two kids. And... Um, she was getting high, and then I was like, cool, I could get high at her place. I just, I always wanted, like, a running partner. I always took somebody hostage, right? <laughs> and uh, they got money. Or it's easier with, with somebody else. Car. To, yeah, something. There apartment. Was something. She had pussy, some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> money. Yeah. Um, she hit the trifecta. Yeah, she checked all the fucking boxes, man. And I was like, totally, that's you. Um, but you know what happened? From 2005, 2010, I started getting scared and tired. So I was like, fuck. Because remember, now I'm getting into my like late 20s, early 30s, right? And I'm like, yo, am I going to be stuck like this forever? Like, I OD'd a bunch of times and everything, but I was just like, I don't want to be the old junkie. Like, I was just like, I was also like, yo, I can't even die right. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to <laughs> fucking be seven years old shooting dope. You Our know minds what I mean? like, are so twisted, bro. I don't want to so... do that shit. So I was like, let me try. So like, you know, obviously I was still doing the methadone back and forth. Um, then I, there was a doctor I was getting Vuprenex, Suboxone came out, Subutex, let me try that. So I was trying, right? And I was going to meetings too, every once in a while. It was in your mind. It, like I, I wanted out, right. right? I just didn't commit, decision, whatever it was. Um, fast forward to like 2011, uh, I had a child with this woman, right? She had two other kids that got taken away by diphus. Like my, my life is fucking bananas at that Shambles. point, right? Even more. Uh, they went to the grandma's house, right? And now she's pregnant with my child. Dyphus is already on the radar, right? Right. And uh, my child, my, my son was born addicted, right? So he was born addicted to benzos, fucking heroin, just everything, right? Methadone, because we were doing what we were doing. Right. Um, I acted like I didn't know, but I knew she was getting high, right? Because I just wanted to sound better at the time. So my son's stuck in the hospital for like two months in the NIC unit, right? I did go every day religiously. I also went because my dealer was very close. So not because I was a good father. Two birds. Yeah. I was like, yo, it's right there. It's easy. I could do this high all day. And my dad was there all the time. Um, you know, my son came out. Dyphus started like, and you would think like, you know, you have a child. You'd want to get clean for your child. Right. But like, I didn't. Like, my son wasn't my motivating factor. I was already headed to like, I just was tired of this shit. It was right. a lot of fucking work, man. Sleepless nights, <clears throat> shitty pay, you know what I mean? A yep. lot of consequences, nothing in return. I was tired. So in 2010, you're talking at least with, you're like 15 years running. Like it's it fucking, right? And again, I was scared that I was going to be like this forever. And then um, around, my son was born in 2011, right? In June. And uh, I was tired. I seen a couple friends I knew that were clean. And I knew they were clean because I always thought when people were clean, I'm like, you guys are bullshit and you're not really clean. Right. You're just taking a pill or right. couldn't wrap my head around it. So um, I seen them at a, like, I went to some meetings and I seen it 
And I was like, cool, I'm going to make a decision. I was going to methadone center too. I was on 130 milligrams of meth, which is fucking outrageous. And I'm shooting dope, coke, everything. Um, I stopped. I went to the meth center and I was like, listen, I need help. I'm going to stop dope, right? Like, but I want to get the fuck off methadone too. But you have to do a blind detox because I heard of it. Like, don't tell me you're lowering my dose. Because if I know, my mind will tell me, no, you don't feel good, right. get more. So uh, my clean date's November 4th, 2011. That was the last time I got high. I was still weaning off the fucking, uh, but like mentally I knew I wanted out. So it took till like April the following year and uh, they called me into the office and they were like, listen, there's been a problem. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean there's a problem? And they're like, you know, they're giving me urines all the time to make sure I'm not doing nothing else. And they're like, you know, we see that there's no metabolites from the methadone. And when they say that, that means that, like, I'm spitting it back in a bottle and selling it, which I've done before. Spitbacks. Yeah. You would think it, but people pay for that, right? So I'm like, no, nah, I'm taking it. And then they were like, no, we're, we're just kidding, right? You've been drinking water for 30 days. And I almost cried that day, wow. right? Because, like, they helped me even more because it was a blind detox. Right. They gave me 30 days cushion as opposed to, like, hey, you're not taking it no more. So, like, I had, like, wow, I've been doing this for 30 days. So... Then like uh, was there any meetings at that point? I'm going to meetings you... every day. I'm going to meetings three times a day. I'm so afraid to be by myself. I left my parents' house. My my baby's mother was living there. I gave her an ultimatum. I said, "Listen, you either got to get clean or you got to get the fuck out." She went to rehab. Now my parents have my child, so technically it's not my house or hers. She wasn't allowed back into the house. That was like what I had to do at the moment because she was out there running too. Right. Um, I did give her the opportunity to get clean. And she was like, no, nah, I don't want to, pretty much. You know what I mean? Um, so my my parents stayed with my kid. I left. I went to go live with a recovering addict. He let me stay in his house for like a couple months until I got some money and did my own thing. Um, I got my apartment. And now I'm going to meetings every day. I'm going to the nooner. I'm going to one at night. I'm going to dances. I'm like, it's my life. Conventions, everything. I got new friends. I left everybody. Um, you know, and a fucking... And I changed. It automatically got better, right? Life was fucking Well, amazing. you went after your sobriety the same way you went after the of other course, life, that, right? Listen, it's cliche. That's what they say, but... You got to chase it with the same vigor. The thing is, I go hard on whatever the fuck I do. Not on some, like, tough guy shit, but, like, if I'm going to waste my time doing something, I'm going to just go fucking hard. So it, it's... You want to be the best no matter a, what you're doing. Or, or, But it's a positive or negative, cause, right. right? So, like, now I just choose it to be something fucking beautiful. Um, going to meetings, I have no job, you know, I have a buddy, I'm trying to get into the carpenters union so that I get benefits for my son and shit. And that process, uh, I meet my wife in rehab and rehab in, in meetings. So at this time, your son is still living with your parents. Yeah. But I see him every day and everything. How old is he at this point? He's like, man, less than a year. You know what okay. I mean? So, um, Hey, can we extend a little bit? Uh, I'm gonna have to, cause to cut it at that part. Are we at ten minutes? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I'll, I'll squeeze it, but no, like... we're good. We're good. So, um, all right. So um, that's our first edit, by the way. Yeah, I know. Definitely have to edit this one. I'm a little um, upset. <laughs> so I meet my I meet my wife, right? She in wasn't meetings. my wife at the time, but she, I met her in meetings, and at least stand up. That's it. At least fine is fine in meetings, right? And um, you know, we we we. You know, I, I I was still like, 
I was clean and crazy, right? So I was just like trying to get whoever I could, right? And she just happened to the be thirteenth step. Yeah, she just happened <laughs> to be my fuck. I took her hostage now, right? Right. Um, but what happened? Was she new, newly yeah, clean? Of newly... course. Okay. Yeah, fucking fresh meat at that okay. point. Okay. Uh, wasn't tainted yet by anybody else. Got it. Um, so, you know, in the beginning we were just having fun, and then after a few years, it was like it got more serious. She. She relapsed, but like in the beginning of the first year, but uh, then I gave her the ultimatum because I took this very seriously. And I was like, listen, if we're going to be together, like if you're going to get high, we're going to have to go. And, and she stayed getting high for a little bit. And then uh, she got her shit together. We got back together. In that time, I ended up getting that job, right? Union carpenter as an apprentice. I ended up getting full custody of my son, right? Um, so now I have her. I, I, I'm going out with my wife right now. Well, she wasn't at the time. Like life is good, you know what I mean. I, I'm I'm a carpenter. I'm making great money. Where were you living at this time? I was living. I had an apartment in Harrison. Okay. My 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 wife uh, was living with me too, right? And I had my son, right? Got like it. my parents would take care of him during the day or whatever, and I'd sure. have him. Typical stuff. We're grinding. We're saving money, um, and we're living the dream that I wanted because I just wanted to get clean. I want to get you know what I mean. Get a job, nice car, have a decent fucking girlfriend. Simple. Very fucking basic right. right and it was and when i got it it was the most amazing thing like i was like this is it everything you were grateful but but again what happened it was like a couple things right i wanted more but the other thing too was like there's no way i went through all this and i got clean just to live a mediocre life like i was like there's there's no way like i didn't i was like there's i'm what's I, next i knew i wanted to one of the conditions though like when i got clean i was like I did not want to be miserable, grumpy. So gratitude came in big. Like that was big for me. That changed everything because I was like, if I'm going to be miserable, I might as well just go get high. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do all this right. shit. Uh, like, oh, my job, this, this, that. So that changed. And then like another turning point that happened was like, I have a buddy of mine that remembers me when I was all fucked up. He had a, a restaurant in Newark. I would go to eat there. He saw me getting clean. I saw him change his life. He wasn't getting high or nothing like that, but like he started uh, building houses and excelling in this. And then I'm like, what is he doing? And um, he started putting books he read. So I, that's what first started. He's like, hey, whoever wants, I'm going to give out books of what I read. So he gave me uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Right. And then he gave me uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And this is in 2015, 16. Right. And uh, I read those books and I don't read. Right. Like I'm just. Like, I'll listen and audio, like, I, I right. like engagement, right? So, like, um, I read them, and, like, I know they were good because I kept fucking reading them, right? And there was nothing about money. It was about mindset. It was about how you think. And I was like, whoa. And um, then he put up, these were, like, little contests he was putting up, and I was winning them. What I thought, really, right. what he was doing was giving to me on purpose to change my fucking mindset, right? right. Then he had one. So, it's, like, 2017, and he was like, Listen, I'm giving out a free ticket to a Tony Robbins event, UPW in Newark. It was a $1,000 ticket. Whoever wants it, just tell me why. DM me. So I DM'd him, like, listen. That was like a long paragraph. And I spoke from my heart. And he's like, he answered back. He's like, the ticket's yours. He's like, I've seen you come up and everything. I'm like, cool. When are we going? What are we? He's like, no, no, no. You're going by yourself. Wow. And I was like, uh, it's four days. It's very intense. You know, from nine in the morning till two in the morning the first day. It's like full right. engagement, right? Full. All on. And I was like, all right. 
And I, and I went, and the first day, I'm like fucking nervous. 13,000 people, you know, you, it's, you ever watch those things where they like zoom in on you and then zoom out, like on that little dot? That's yeah, how I yeah, felt. Yeah. And then somebody texted me like, hey, turn around. I turn around, and it was a guy, like I was in a motorcycle club. I, I left that out. <laughs> I was in an outlaw club, 1% club. And it Leather was vest, no sleeves, got it. Of that club, right? I really didn't like, right? And I was like, it was the one person I would never fucking expect to be here, right? I was like, yo, but I got comfortable. I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not gonna be the cornball. And that, that like, you know, that reinforced the mindset I was going through and it helped me break a lot of my belief systems and my old beliefs. And, um, you know, like I came back even more changed. My wife saw it and she's like, I don't know what the fuck happened to you, but I wanna go too. So the following year, my wife went, right? In the meantime, we opened up a, a hair salon, right? The following year, my wife went. And then what happened, like, people started seeing, like, I want to go too. I want to go too. My partner, Dave, talked about it when we met. He's like, yo, you ever go to Tony Robbins? I was like, that's fucking funny you say that. I've been going for the last two years. He's like, yo, I'd love to go. I bought him his ticket. So I pay it forward every year. Last year, I think we brought, like, 30 people with us, right? We bought everybody's tickets. Wow. Because I want to give back what was given to me. Right. Right? So, like, the more I could do that, and it's not about Tony Robbins. It's just, he just has to facilitate. He's the director. He just puts it together, lots of speakers. But it's about, it's like when you go anywhere, whether it's meetings, church, whether it's anything, it's like, I don't focus on the main guy. I focus on the message and what information I'm getting. And, um, you know, my life fucking, like, I was angry all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I had my eyebrow up. I never smiled. Um, now it's like, I have, I have my son, right? I have a beautiful three-year-old girl. I have my wife. Um, you know, we have nine fucking hair salons. I have a tattoo shop. I have 50 units of real estate. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying it to, like, I'm fucking impressed. You're saying it to say, wow, like, to I'm yourself. Blown the fuck away. Remember, I just wanted to get clean. I didn't want a habit. I didn't want a job. And some you didn't want to be an old junkie. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I wanted, right? But because I didn't want to also be mediocre, I didn't want to just fucking, hey, cool. Like, the curiosity, too, of, like, what else could I do, right? So, like, yeah, I want fucking, can I get this car? Like, I want to get a private jet. Could I do this? Could I? I just want to see. Like, I'm very curious. I want to see what I could do. I don't want to die and just be like, oh, I was over ambitious, so that's why I didn't do it, or scared, or, like, I got the ultimate second shot at life. Like, the ultimate. It would be so fucked up not to take advantage of it. The thing is, people think, like, well, that's why you, like, you don't need that. You don't have to go through all the bullshit, the, tr <laughs> the, the self-imposed trauma. It was, it was voluntary. Nobody gave it to me, no right? No doubt. You don't have to go through that shit. You could, you could choose to fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, go without it and fucking start. So, like, that's one of the biggest things I love. I love doing this shit. I love talking to people. I go speaking sometimes. They invite me. I had a commitment at uh, Essex County Jail for two years on Sundays. Wow. And I would see my homies there. And I was just like, no, I would just give my experience, right? Not advice. Like, so I, I like talking. How to grateful people. were you walking out of that prison on yeah, your own volition, brother? I would go in and I'd be like, you're like, you just think something's going to catch up with you. And as soon as I, I was just talking about this with Dave yesterday, I was like, bro, I would walk out the fucking doors and I'd be like, Phew. I was like, there's no <laughs> way you can't leave with gratitude. You know what I mean? How could you not? So like, that's why I do that stuff too. Right. And, and, and like, I don't really, 
the stuff they ask me to do, I don't promote, right? I'll, I'll talk about it in the sense that it's important, right? But not to like utilize as a, as a source, right? And that's my own shit. I got to work on that too. But like, I love helping people. I love giving back. The thing is like, sometimes the conflict comes like people don't, people want to help the way they want it. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it's just like, this is what I have to offer. You know, like, it, it's cool. So, like, I, I tackle with that sometimes, but I just know, like, I'm very direct. I'm going to give you exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to mend it to make you fucking feel good. If you need this information, I'm going to give it to you. Right? It, it's the same as if you buy a book. You're not going to be like, hey, do you, you guys might change some of the paragraphs or chapter two is a little rough. <laughs> right? Or I need a little oomph. Like, it's the same with me. Like, you're not going to change the way I deliver it. Like, this is how I'm going to give it to you. And um, I'll, I'll finish with just, like, the, the one thing that I have that nobody could take away from me is fucking gratitude every day. I wake up, and, 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 and like, I'm still sometimes, like, it sounds corny and it's cliche, but it fucking works. Like, I'm grateful for just getting up. So, like, I smile all fucking day. It's not like, oh, uh, like I, I learned not to complain. I when you said that before, I was going to say it's hard to keep the smile off your face now, yeah, man. Like I'm fucking can't take it away from you. I love life. I'm just like the shit that I get to do, the places I, I get to go to, like everything is I get to, not I have to. Right. So like that's the gratitude part of it. I listen, I get to pay a ticket. I get to get pulled over or I get to buy a house or I get to do like I get to. You know what I mean? Like. There, there's there's a choice there always and so you know when when and i go through shit too you know what i mean when i go through shit it's definitely like cool i'm very good at like slowing it down like how do i fucking fix this how do i get to the solution solution base and i think that's like why i got attracted to you because in your journey too like i see you and you're just like i'll make it happen i see you're just talking to somebody i'll make it happen let's make it happen like, i just need to hear that and reinforce myself with people like that and it's fucking it's Those are the two biggest thing. things I think we have in common is the gratefulness and the solution-based human being, you know. Mindset is key, as you said, when you read those books and they changed the way you thought about things. And that's that's all that really matters. It's your brain working with you, yeah. you know. The, the, the process for me, the continued process is like, I want to keep growing, right? Like, I'm not done. Um, I want to be authentic, you know what I mean? Like, to myself. Like, I don't want to live through social media and have this big fucking facade or like how it should look and, and i get that listen i could do better how i talk how i dress how everything right but like you know i still want to fucking get tattoos gold fucking teeth and do donuts in my fucking car you know what i mean and just like some tupac shit you know but what that's I mean? like, if that's what you love man you're not hurting anybody or yourself you know what i mean? get it I, look at the end of the day i just want to have fun we get I caught do. up though brother i mean you know yeah. society and social media is what it is and you know yeah listen it's a tool i use it like like i use it like anything i curate it i pick who i follow the messages i get like if it's not positive i'll do some funny stuff like it has to feed my soul it has to feed my spirit uh business-wise and shit like that other than that it's like regular circles you know what i mean if it's if you're not bringing some sort of added value then I, I don't want it like if you go through shit cool let's look at it now let's get to the solution right away but like i'm not hanging out with you if you're just complaining about fucking taxes or fucking the government yeah, if you're gonna to sit you. and stew in the shit you're and not my like, people's yeah i'm fucking we're going that way yeah, oh, always. Like, Either hop on or hop off, player. There's momentum no matter what, so. The momentum is key, and there's a lot of it right now. And uh, I think we both know how to utilize that. Got the wind at our back, yeah, I believe they say. There's a lot more to come. I mean, you said it. 
first, I think, in the first week, and I said it too. It's we're just getting started. Yeah, man. I'm excited for the future. Uh, I got the I got the goosebumps right now. I I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. I love to surprise myself. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest things is the risk factor. Mm -hmm. You and I don't feel like we're actually taking risks because no. we've been in real scenarios in life where it's life or death, yep. guns in your face, cuffs on your hands. Like, you know, this shit is fun. This is not, it's not even a risk anymore. It's just like, how good can I be at having my back against the wall yeah. and finding a way to improve my life on a daily basis and those around me? And that's that's kind of the message, right? And and get creative when that shit happens, right? Use your resources. Look, I got I got eighteen fucking felonies. You know what I mean? Uh, like <laughs> again, not saying that to like look at me, but like like I got dual citizenship. I travel the fucking world. I got business. I got everything. Yeah, I can't own a gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I don't. I shouldn't own a gun. Yeah, I think that's the think, right thing. I think the world's a safer place you without know, it. And I'm saying that because, like, if I could do all this shit, then anybody could do it. Not that I'm doing nothing fucking groundbreaking, but like, just in the sense of what I have, like, you too, like, somebody else could fucking do it. You know what I mean? It, it's somebody set the example for me. I modeled it. Now it's my turn to fucking do it. And I don't want to stop, man. I don't think any of us want. To. I want to see your journey just as much as you want to see mine. See, that's the that's the biggest connection is watching your friends win yeah, and oh and feeling it every day like we have this little group on on ig where yeah. it's like everybody tags everybody and reposts everybody's yeah. stuff like now i'm understanding how to celebrate those small yeah, wins man. it comes full circle and not even if they're mine if they're you if it's dave it's if it's gus if it's daryl whoever it is bro it's a win and it feels the same yeah. if not better Right. It feels better when it's theirs, man. It like, really does. Fleeting, like, like you do it, and you're like, on to the next one. Yeah, you exactly. See somebody else, you're like, oh, that's my homie. That's my guy's up. doing his thing. You my know? guy, <laughs> right? You get all fucking excited and shit. And I think that's that's kind of what this is all about, yeah. right? That's what this podcast started yeah. as. Like, how do you help another individual? And it's really, it's just about those small day to day victories, man. Mm -hmm. And that's what today is. And I appreciate your story, bro. And I think it's definitely going to help somebody. It helped me. Yep. You know, the message is what's key, right? It helped help me too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it helps you, you more than it helps me. Yeah. But I think that's that's part of why we do it. And yeah. if it's a selfish, selfish act, so be it. Oh, There's people getting something out of this. It, There's no doubt about that. Just because you said, like, getting clean and take care is the most selfish and self-centered thing I could do for myself, right? But, like, that's how I have to keep it because if I don't take care of me first, I'm not going to be of any use to you or help you. Like I had to do that with my son, with my parents, with his biological mother, with my wife now. And she's like the most self-centered thing I have to do, like I have to make sure I take care of myself first. Since we're touching on it, I, I got I to gotta say that, you know, I'm like 38 days today. Mm hmm clean and sober right. and i can't believe i'm actually counting days again nah, but you know what they're wins yeah one Every is not day. zero and they're wins yep. and like i said you keep showing me how to celebrate those small victories but what i wanted to say is that it is very selfish and self-centered and i felt myself pulling away from my family yep. and my friends a little bit because i kind of had to yeah i had absolutely. to go into a deep part of myself again and i'm actually like getting emotional because i'm feeling it i mean you know, I had 11 and a half years, bro. That's yeah. nothing to sneeze at. In that time, I opened fucking three restaurants, you know? I built my whole life, and then, you know, I kind of fell off track, and I went down my 
I went down my spiral and I got a little out of control and you know, I'm back, I'm back on my shit. But my point was that I had to pull myself out a little bit and I threw myself into work and my wife sees it and she's like, where have you been? And I'm like, babe, this is what I have to do right now for me because at the end of the day, the most important thing is to not pick up. And I gotta do what I gotta do to stay away from that in the most healthy way possible. And you know, the things that I used to do to get away from drugs and alcohol, I don't do it anymore in a negative way. I do it in a positive way. So I'm throwing myself in work right now. I'm right after this, I got a tasting and then another tasting at another restaurant. These are all beautiful things, you know, but it's hard to explain to your life partner. Like, yo, I'm not going to be home for 90 hours this week, but we live a decent life. So, you know, let's focus on the positive. They they, they get us, man. They understand. They do. And they don't bro, because there's a very thin line. Like, you know, I, I can't get upset at my wife because she wants to spend more time with yeah. me. Like, you know, God bless her heart. I don't know how she puts up with with a lunatic like myself. But, you know, I mean, it's all good today, man. Yeah. It's all good. So if you're out there and you're listening, if he can do it, I mean, if, if I can do it, yeah. you can do it. Absolutely. Round of applause. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, really quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew and... We make cool shit for the fucking gear that he's giving us. You know what, what, I mean? do, what do we got? Are check we got my homie. We'll tag him on the bottom. Are too. we getting sponsored from the spoils yeah. gang gang? We should definitely get some gear at the minimum. <laughs> some more. I think I messaged you the last night and then again this morning. Like, yeah. bro, what's up? Where's the gear? How much Gucci can a guy wear? Like, stop it. I want spoils. I want, yeah. I want, we make cool shit. You gotta shit. put the orders in. Black shirt. Gang gang. That's it. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. We're out, brother. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you.